check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti, an integrative palliative medicine physician. If you are a physician or other healthcare provider passionate about taking care of people with serious or chronic illness, you are in the right place. Our motto is whole person care for people with serious illness using all the tools that work. Welcome, integrative palliative people. Today, we're going to talk about meditation even for people who don't know how to meditate, don't think they like meditating, tell you that I tried it, doesn't work for me, I don't want to, I don't know how to. So we're going to talk about what meditation really is, not what some people think it is. So some people think that meditation is something you have to do with your legs crossed in a certain way, sitting on the floor, maybe with a ponytail. That is not true, not true, not true. So meditation is just focused attention. That's it. That is it. It's just focused attention. And the thing is, it can be focused attention on anything. So often people will learn mindfulness meditation. And mindfulness meditation is when the object of your attention is your breath. So people who are doing mindfulness meditation will focus their attention on their breathing in and their breathing out. And when their mind gets distracted, which it definitely will, because that's what minds do, that's totally normal. When the mind gets distracted, you just bring your attention back to the breath. And that will happen in the beginning if someone is practicing meditation a gazillion times. They'll try to focus on their breath and then their mind will say, oh my God, we got to go to the market. You gently say, okay, just bring your attention back to the breath. And the mind will say, we have to change the tires on the car. Okay, bring your attention back to your breath, etc. You get it. So that's mindfulness meditation. But that is definitely not the only way to meditate. And by the way, you can do it laying down, you can do it sitting in a chair, you don't have to do it on the floor in a yoga studio at all. But also, that's not the only way to meditate. Meditation is just focused attention. So the object of your attention could be the breath, which is kind of nice because you carry it with you, it's always there. But it could be anything else. It could be a sound that you listen to, like a bell. It could be a mantra or a sound that you create or listen to through a recording. It could be a picture. It could be a candle. It could be prayer beads. So when people move one bead and say a prayer, move a second bead and say a prayer, that's a meditation. Even if it's part of somebody's religious practice, it's still a meditation. Some people do meditation with a phrase. So they'll think one phrase on the inhale and one phrase on the exhale. Things like maybe they think peace when they inhale, love when they exhale. Maybe they think all when they breathe in is well when they breathe out. Maybe may I be well, may I be happy, God is love chocolate and shoes, whatever. It doesn't matter. All that matters is you're focusing your attention on one thing. And when your attention wanders, which it will, so don't beat yourself up, it will, you just gently and without judgment, bring your attention back to your breath. That's it. That is meditation. And the reason that it can be so helpful is it quiets 
the mind from the monkey mind of going, what about this? And what about that? And we have to do this and we have to do that. And he said this and she said that. And what's going to happen? That monkey mind that is constantly chattering away, we just ask it to quiet so we can focus our attention on one thing. That's it. So anything can be a meditation. Anything, even regular old household things can be a meditation. So I'll give you an example. You could just do your dishes the regular way you do watching TV or or thinking about all the other chores that you have to do. Or what if you did this? If when you do the dishes, you're paying attention to the warmth of the water, to the heft of the plates, to the slippery feeling of the soap on your fingers, to the smell of the soap, to the way the water feels coming out of the tap into your fingers. If all your attention is focused on that, that's meditation. Look, you can get your dishes done and meditate at the same time. You can do the same thing in the shower, focusing your attention on the temperature of the water, how it feels hitting your back, what the soap feels like in your hands, what it smells like, what the steam looks like. All of your experiences, you're just focusing your attention on what is literally happening. And when your mind wanders, you just bring it back to what's happening in the very moment you're in. That is meditation. So you can do it petting a dog. You can do it gardening. You can do it walking. All that matters is that your attention is focused exclusively on that thing. That makes it a meditation. Now, that's easy to say. In the beginning, sometimes it can be a little challenging and you shouldn't worry about that. So if you try it, even for one minute or less, even if you try it in the beginning and your mind wanders, the most important thing is to be accepting and gentle with yourself that that happened. No problem, no judgment, no like, oh God, I'm terrible at meditating. There's no need for that. You just redirect your attention back to your focus. So sometimes people use as a kind of trick to hold attention, they'll use counting. So for example, we might have someone who wants to do a simple meditation. When they breathe in, think one. When they breathe out, think breathe. They breathe in, think two. When they breathe out, think breathe, etc. up to 10 and then start again. Or sometimes people just count as in, They breathe in one, they breathe out two. They breathe in three, they breathe out four. They breathe in five, they breathe out six. They do that for 10 and then they start over again. So these are just tricks to try to hold the mind's attention, giving it something to do, which is perfectly fine thing to do. And sometimes it can help people in the beginning when they're getting used to meditating. Now, the other thing is that some people don't want to sit down and meditate. They'd rather move. So you can do a walking meditation. Walking meditation is where as you're walking, you are focusing your attention on the sound of your steps, the feeling of your feet hitting the ground. So on the left, on the right, on the left, on the right. And when your mind wanders, you just bring it back to your steps. That's also a meditation. So you can do that the first block when you're walking the dog. You can do it on the way to your car. You can do it walking down the hallway in the hospital. It doesn't matter for how long and it doesn't matter where you do it. It's just the idea that for some amount of time in the day, you are quieting your chatty monkey mind 
and focusing your attention on a thing. So consider as you're walking down the hallway in the hospital or in your office, trying to do, even if it's just 10 or 20 steps, trying to focus your attention on those steps and do a walking meditation. Now, there's another interesting idea that some people recommend, and it has to do with using a unique part of our hearing attention called the cocktail party effect. If you think of yourself in a cocktail party, there's a lot of noise going on, but we have the ability to focus our attention on a particular stimulus or sound, which is the person talking to us, and while we can filter out all the other chatter in the background. So when we activate this cocktail party effect, we're focusing on one sound and we're drowning out the other stimuli around us. So some people recommend that we can actually use this experience to help support a meditation practice. So for example, if instead of counting breaths, the meditator listens attentively to the breath, listening to the breath, the sound of the breathing in and the sound of the breathing out, then that power of the cocktail party effect will kick in. And it can sort of lock the meditator's attention to the sound of breathing, just like the person was talking to someone in a crowded room in a cocktail party. So that's something that you might consider different ways that you can meditate. So you can focus on your breath, you can focus on your steps, you can focus on words or sounds, you can use the cocktail party effect and focus on the sound of your breath as you breathe in and breathe out. You can do it while you're showering. You can focus on your washing of the dishes. You can focus on petting your dog. All that matters is that you find a way to focus and when your mind wanders, you bring it back to your focus of attention. I recommend, and here's your homework, that you try at least one, two if you really want to be fantastic, but at least one of these tools. Try to focus on your breath. Try to focus on the sound of your breath. Try to focus on your steps or in the shower or when you're cleaning or with your animals. Try one of these techniques for yourself. And there's two reasons to try these techniques for yourself. The first one is, of course, they help manage stress. They help decrease the stress response, which all of us experience just like our patients do. So that's number one for our own well-being and benefit. But of course, the other reason is if you try it yourself, you'll be so much better at educating somebody else about how to do it, teaching your patients how to do it. And so why would we do this? Why do we try meditation? Because it is one of the ways that we can stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system or the relaxation response and turn down the height of our stress response. This is certainly not the only way. And in other episodes, we'll talk about other ways that we can stimulate the relaxation response. But this is one of the wonderful ways, easily accessible to stimulate the relaxation response and train our mind to be able to focus on something happening in the moment. That helps our skill and mindfulness, which is another thing we'll talk about in future episodes. But that ability to control where our mind goes, and if our mind starts going off into a worry place that we have the control to bring it back into the present, that is another way to decrease our stress response. And practicing meditation of any kind trains that muscle like lifting weights, trains our ability to notice where our mind is, decide where we want it to go, and place it there. That helps decrease the stress response, increase the relaxation response, which facilitates our wellness. And then we become good teachers for our patients. 
So you got your homework for yourself. Your homework for your patients is to teach one person this week, just one person about the idea of meditation as just focused attention. Just try somebody. And this does not have to be a big deal. This does not have to be 15 minutes. People can do it for 10 breaths, for one minute, for two minutes. Start small. So don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Just try it a little bit for yourself and then try teaching one patient this week. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. So be sure to take care of yourself because in order to take care of your patients, you really need to take care of yourself too. Plus, you deserve it. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Integrative Palliative Podcast brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Palliative Medicine. If you liked what you heard, please give us a like, follow us, tell your colleagues, and join our community at www.tiipm.org. See you next week.